Hey guys, what are we talking about? Did we decide <laughs> was this? That, was that the big? Do we know? Uh, well, we got uh, we brought uh, we brought an expert in to talk about the movie Twilight, the Twilight Saga: colon, New um, Moon. The um, Flophouse's wacky neighbor, Chris yeah. White, is back <laughs> yeah. with his crazy movie. <laughs> now wait, I just want to I just want to double check. So we've officially started the episode. Despite not announcing the show or who we are or any of that stuff? Hey, everyone. This is The Flophouse. It's a podcast about bad movies normally, but on off weeks we do uh, many episodes that are a lot looser. And sometimes we start without Elliot knowing. And I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Loving, yeah, this new WTF with Mark Maron style of starting and just kind of rolling on into it. And and, I'm Hallie Hagland. Joining us. Joining us is star of the show, Hallie Hagland. (laughs) Uh, so how many how many times has Hallie been on the show? When when does one reach the Hagland line? Oh boy, wow. you gotta, yeah. you're gonna need when a did, lot more. When do you get a when do you get a Halle jacket? I mean, it's got to be over ten. Really? Wow. But is it under twenty? Do you think? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so in there. So it's not Hallie Hagland. It's our wacky neighbor Chris White's <laughs> joining us again. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have I mentioned on the show that? You know, now that I've heard all of the episodes, um, mm-hmm. I, I I fall asleep to your guys' voices every night. And ha- <laughs> has, have I creeped you out with that ever before? And some, somehow no other podcast will do anymore. For a while, I listened oh, to wow. that strange Australian uh, paranormal podcast, uh, uh, Strange Universe. Uh-huh. But it has to be the Flophouse. I have a soothing voice. Everyone said it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. yep. It's like the sound <laughs> of... Silk being dragged through butter is the way that my voice has been described. <laughs> my oh, my brother my described it, my brother described it as exactly like the voice actor who portrayed Howard the Duck in 1984's Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. That uh, quote is, is on my headshot, by the way. Now, or is it? It's 86, right? 86, 86. Yeah, that was because I, oh, I was like Elliot was like four years old when that movie came out. Uh, I, mean, I didn't that, see it. In my the brother theaters. is undeterred. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because I, I. Oh no, no, my future self went back and recorded it. Mm. Okay. At the same time that I was being my own father and mother, I also recorded the voice track for Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I also listen to podcasts uh, to go to sleep. I find the I, I find the voices of humans comforting. No more than uh, now, as the world is falling apart. I like to know that people somewhere are talking about something. Uh-huh. That I can kind of pay attention to and kind of then just zone out and drift off to. And I'm pretty sure I've seen Dan tell those podcasters that you do that. So, Chris, you shouldn't feel weird at all. That's a, I, I feel like okay. Dan's done that. I mean, if, in I my could, presence. if I could find the sound engineer who put together 100 spooky Halloween sound effects and tell him how much help it's, or her, how much help it's given me falling asleep, those chain rattles, <laughs> creaky doors, witch cackles. I well, would. That has the opposite effect. Instead of scaring you silly and keeping you up. Oh, no. It just lulls me to sleep. Because I love, there's nothing more comforting to me than knowing that I'm watched over by an evil ghost, a witch, perhaps uh-huh. a murderer of some kind. You know, that I'm not alone. You know, Elliot, Elliot's crazy, a Beetlejuice. <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing more scary than a, a creaky door or a bubbling cauldron, because <laughs> if if I hear those, I'm like, I got to get up and oil that door and turn off that cauldron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like it. It just makes me feel like I'm in a place that's well-lived and well-loved. Uh, Stuart, you referred to me as a Beetlejuice. I'm actually a Beetlejew, which is, oh, wow. yeah, so which is a Jewish person who, if you say their name three times, they show up. So. Okay. I'm not sure you should refer to Jews as Beatles. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, at, but two of the Beatles were Jewish. Uh, John Lenowitz... <laughs> And uh, Ringles, Ringlestein star, <laughs> Ringlestein star. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Sorry, I, I said something as if I had an idea of where we're going, but I think Elliot probably actually does, and he was also making a noise. Uh, I it was. I was saying. I was wondering. So Stuart uh, said, "Hey, for this episode, why don't we get our good friend and wacky neighbor Chris, who falls asleep to our voices all, every night, much like Kramer probably does on Seinfeld, listening to Jerry, I assume having sex with his parade of anonymous girlfriends who will never be seen again on the show. Uh, they cannot it, live up to his standard, his exacting standard. Uh, and Stuart was like, let's talk, what, what, let's talk to Chris about, uh, about these Twilight movies and like what it's like to make a Twilight movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that, is that the plan? Great, I'm in. Let's do it. I, okay, I mean, like, I'm, I, I was like, 
Is Chris actually going to want to, like, talk about his, like, Hollywood experiences, or is that uh, verboten? Like, that is, I mean, that we, is could ask, I we could ask about, about producing but... Columbus. I'd be equally as interested to hear about that. I'm all about that. Yeah. I know the fans want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the column, column bites? No, not column bites. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> listen, without, I, I don't Cenobites. have anything but Cenobites. Hollywood experiences. I, my life is Hollywood all the time. Uh, I just, <laughs> yeah. you know. Hollywood whites, no, they call I, them. Holly whites. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's nothing but lunch at the Ivy uh, and other, other things that uh, people do in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. My idea, mm-hmm. even living in Los Angeles for a couple years now, my idea of Hollywood is still a guy in a convertible car wearing suspenders and a suit, and he's got a ponytail and a big, like, Zach Morris yeah. block cell phone in his hand uh-huh. and little yep. sunglasses. And he's and he's just he's yakking about deals and who's ankling who and, and, what, and how are you right. going to package this. You're literally just describing what you're seeing on Chris's uh, camera right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing this as I drive down Sunset yeah. Boulevard. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Chris I'm, is I'm, talking I'm about just a, snorting a cocaine. <laughs> I'm talking about Bafo B.O. Yeah. Whether this picture has legs. And later tonight, later tonight, when you fall asleep to the sound of our voices... Your bed is going to transform into a giant Hollywood Walk of Fame star, and you're going to fly over the giant Hollywood sign. Oh, wow, that's going to well, be Well, I was great. about to say that my vision of Hollywood, too, as well, was like informed by movies for so long. And so I was just like, oh, Hollywood is just the Chinese theater and the Walk of Fame. And then the first time I went out to L.A., I was just astounded to see what a tiny place that is. Outside that theater, the big stars hang out. Batman, Elmo... All of them. Spongebob. (laughs) They're all there. John Travolta and the fan. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the famous character of English Bobby. (laughs) Yeah, so what's what's your Hollywood experience like? My E-True Hollywood story? Yeah. Because um, fame. Ain't it a bitch? Uh, I'm quoting A.J. Benza. Um, I, I find that with more money, more problems. Oh, wow. I've never heard that before, but it makes sense. Yeah, I just thought of it. Um, I don't. Well, it, 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 as as you guys may know, I don't actually. I mean, well, first of all, there, there's only one uh, movie studio left in Hollywood, which is Paramount, which is which is the old, you know, one that was always there. So uh, none, the Hollywood actually isn't very Hollywood, and it's kind of ragging and, and beaten up. I don't know. I mean, my experience was uh, coming out with my brother in nineteen. Uh, when was it? In nineteen ninety, I think. Uh, and um, and writing on a lot of movies that never ever got got made, um, and then our first credit was um, a production polish on a very Brady sequel. Oh, that's a movie that I watched uh, uh, just a few years back. I watched both of the Brady wow. movies. <laughs> God, because like I, I, it was like. Because Dan had seen every movie ever made and went to, and decided <laughs> well, to start back around again. <laughs> so <laughs> circle back and watch those movies for a second time. No, our, our tale begins ju- with a giant platter full of pot brownies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish. I uh, no. It was just like it was during that period when I was living alone and at my saddest, and I was just like, "Oh, these movies are on Hulu or whatever service." That, perhaps that will be exactly the flavor of undemanding fun that I am looking for at this moment. And you know what? They were. They're funny. I feel, They're funny movies. I feel like that's a hole in the streaming service options. There isn't one that is dedicated exclusively to sad men. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. There's a number of online way. streaming sites that are devoted exclusively to what sad men want to see. Like sad, lonely men. I don't I don't think so, Ellie. No, it seems like there's uh, a... Short, short films. Very short films, yeah. Most of them shot on ta- on video, not on, or oh, DV, nice. not on not an yeah, actual kind of, film. Kind of Dogma 95 type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, Nat Sound. Very Nat Sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All in the same uh, prefabricated uh, mansion, too. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the studio. But what if I was a sad guy that also had a fantasy that I was some kind of, I don't know, pizza delivery fellow? <laughs> Would there be an option I- for me? Like you got a fellowship to be in pizza delivery. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's a Domino's scholar. Uh, so what was wait? So can you explain for the audience, Chris? Uh, you said a production re- rewrite. What is that? 
Production rewrite is when they're they're just about to make a movie and they realize in a cold sweat that it's not that the, the script is just not going to cut it. Which, as you can imagine, given the movies that are made, how bad things must be at that point where they actually decide to rewrite it. Um, uh, so yeah, we were uh, my brother and I were brought in. Um, and how did you meet your like, brother? Uh, <laughs> well. Um, that's actually amazingly someone asks us that once in a meeting um, <laughs> in, in all seriousness he also said uh, during that meeting that a, a script which was about a boy who was raised by whales uh, and ended mm-hmm. up winning the Olympics was based on a true story as he tried to uh, <laughs> no, no, did he believe that or he thought you were dumb enough to believe it yeah. Uh, I well, I prefer to think the former, um, and based upon his other um, remarks, I, I think I'm right. Now that um, movie got yeah, made. And speaking of about a boy, that turned into the screenplay for about a <laughs> yeah. boy. Yeah. That so, did. It, yeah. it start, It's one of these crazy stories where where like a movie gets rewritten completely unrecognizably. The original was title was about, about a whale. Boy. It was called a, about a whale boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then they have were having so much trouble with it, and then you and your brother stepped in, and you said. Here's our pitch, and you just crossed out the word whale, and they went, "We're listening." <laughs> Let's go back to basics, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People don't want to see idea. movies about whales. They want to see movies about boys. <laughs> what about Free Willy? Had a boy in it. <laughs> see, that's what that's what Chris does. He comes Orca. in as a, like a, a screenwriter, and he does the equivalent of that thing where you look in the mirror and take one thing off. Yep. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, "Let's remove the whale from this." It's just too much. You know. It's too much uh, unnecessary blood. It was originally mm-hmm. Twilight, New Moon, and then Another Moon. And you said, yep. no, 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 yeah. just the one moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what I remember from that, that first uh, gig that my brother and I ever had was that at one point, because we, we were doing all the writing in, in the production offices of the movie, and um, at one point we were told that we couldn't order any more sushi on the movie's budget because <laughs> we're, we're eating too much. <laughs> So we, I remember living it up. If you can imagine getting as much um, as much takeout sushi as you can eat, that's got to be a lot of sushi. Yeah, it was. It was. My brother and I always uh, would would eat, would order. I would not necessarily eat, but order too much sushi. I remember in New York there used to be these all-you-can-eat sushi places, and in order to keep you from um, from ordering too much sushi and, and wasting it, um, they would say you have to pay for any sushi that is left over on your plate. So what my brother and I Sounds would fair. do is occasionally when we would order too much because we were very gluttonous, we would secret it about our persons and then walk to the bathroom and flush it down the toilet. (laughs) So we'd slip it down down our shirt cuffs and into our our crotches and then (laughs) have to go and dispose of it. Would you you ever pretend that you were freeing the fish that had been prisoned? Back to the water (laughs) with you. Swim free. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, well, you might, while in the bathroom on our own, yes, but yeah, so we yeah. wouldn't do that mm-hmm. in front of the sushi chef because that would lead to our immediate expulsion. Well, it seems mm-hmm. like a weird restaurant where the the toilet would be right in front of the sushi chef. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get a well, sanitary grade? That's what I wonder. It, it, they were grandfathered we, we should, in. <laughs> okay. We should also uh, was, clarify that Chris, Chris's brother, of course, is Jeremy Piven, and that's how he got <laughs> the mercury poisoning that, uh, that so bad. Kept him off the Broadway stage. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? My God. Well, he mm-hmm. said he had mercury poisoning. He claimed he had mercury poisoning. Is that like, po- a, like a Michael Douglas's cancer thing? Where he claimed he got it from, you know... From, from pleasure and I do know, Stuart, but, and I thought for a second, should I pimp you into a having to actually say it? But I don't want you to, so... <laughs> yeah. So how did that? How, so what? What happened after? So a very pretty sequel came out. Uh, what happened after? It was that? a massive hit, mm-hmm. and everything is history after that. Um, that let I me. Mean, what happened with that? Okay, so then I remember one, uh, uh, Ants was kind of our next uh, accredited work. Where my um, my brother and I were. This is actually kind of Hollywoodish. We were eating uh, uh, breakfast at Hugo's on Santa Monica. Which is a kind of a very like bit of an institution, and uh, and a guy I know uh, was there, and he said uh, that they wanted a writer to rewrite um, a movie about about ants, and and he had just seen this, uh, and the, the idea had come about from this National Geographic uh, documentary about a termite um, 
uh, colony that was attacked by ants eventually in the end. And I remembered that that particular uh, episode really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually also just ordered uh, a couple of books about ants because I, I did really care about ants at the time or care about it. I don't know. I was interested. Mm-hmm. They were cool. Um, yeah. So so there I was, you know, it's kind of like the Lana Turner at uh, what is it? Shraps? At, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, a Shraps. Story. Yeah. Um, except with ants and a Shraps or Shraps? Crabs. Scabs. She was at a place called Scabs. <laughs> Scabs. God. Yeah. Um, she really stuck uh, out because everyone else was covered in scabs and sores. Uh-huh. It was that, that uh, leper uh, restaurant. That <laughs> yeah, it was a, a long-time L.A. institution for a long time. Uh-huh. L.A.pers, it's called. Also Scabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that was next uh, um, in, in this uh, this whirlwind through through my uh, my glorious career. And what uh, now? You came in. That was phase phase two of your career because it seems like phase four of your career should have been ants. Mm-hmm. Again, Dan, call back to phase four. Call back to it. The only movies. Is it, well, I mean, like, you know, this is a joke phase, that phase Dan is calling that. back to a joke before we started recording. <laughs> is it? I can't remember. <laughs> So and you came on. Were you you were rewriting someone else on Ants, or they wanted people to write a movie about? They, ants? they were kind of thro- they were mostly throwing away a, a, a script, and so we I think in the sh- in the in the space of um, in the space of six weeks, we were supposed to uh, write a script that Woody Allen would sign on to. Because um, uh, I assume the original script he had written, and it was about an ant, an elderly ant that falls in love with a grub, and they said was. we can't have this. <laughs> Uh, it was. Um, had I known uh, that it was going to be so problematic, I probably would have done it anyway because I sort of wanted to, to have a career. Um, but at the time, um, he was just strange and not uh, deeply strange and, and upsetting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so then we, 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 did, we did a lot of that. And then um, it, it actually that, that process, you know, animated films take forever. So it took about two and a half years. And... Um, and this very str- the strangest thing about that, okay, was that um, for the first time in our lives, we flew on a private jet. Oh, wow. Woody um, Allen's private jet? And no, it was DreamWorks' private jet because DreamWorks was a hu- hugely going concern mm-hmm. at the time. And, um, and, uh, but the, the irony of that, or I don't know, the, the careful what you wish for that, was that the jet would leave at 6 in the morning from uh, Burbank and return at noon. So you'd have to wake up at 5 o'clock or 4.45 to drive to this jet to fly up for an hour to uh, Palo Alto to work for three hours and then fly down again <laughs> within the same morning, which was completely bananas and not as fun as it really should be to fly in a private I th- jet. I think the coolest part of Chris's private jet story is hearing the waves crashing in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say... <laughs> um that's my that's my sound machine which i um (laughs) okay uh well well listen i blame the blue yeti microphone which just picks up the uh, pacific ocean so well uh and so describe that private jet to us like how many people would fit on it uh, I guess about 10 people would fit on it. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes it was like, oh, there's Hans Zimmer. He's coming with us uh, this time. And he'd be like, hey, Hans Zimmer. Uh, and he was actually really nice. Um, oh, your boys are flying and, uh, on the jet today. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Hans movie. I have to assume that's what he sounds like. I don't know. I've never heard his voice. Yeah. He <laughs> sounds a bit like that, actually. <laughs> uh, but he was very nice. Um, and let me see. You get, um, you get some nice sandwiches. You get free sandwiches. Um, uh, and and uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg is on the plane too, uh, uh, and and so you never really feel as if you can totally kick kick back because mm-hmm. he's he's so incredibly on the ball about everything mm-hmm. that um, that you, you don't feel as though you can actually um, enjoy. Yourself. He's really watching the plane sushi budget to make sure that you don't go over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's like yeah. i know the trick where you flush it down chris <laughs> and this is this plane does not have a system that will handle that kind of roughish in the in the toilet you cannot have all you can eat I, um this is amazing this is like uh this is your life mm-hmm. i i I, mm-hmm. I i was kind of joking when i when i posted uh, the new moon poster 
um, on, on Twitter in answer to your uh-huh. uh, call for subjects. Uh-huh. Uh, but here we are. Yeah, well, uh, that that joke quickly became Stuart's lifeline to something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The- uh, wait, I, I'm actually loving looking at what appears to be a kitchen storage um, uh, shelf. You're, are you in a back? No, you're you're in a. Oh, is that a closet? Are you in a closet? I record in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, is that the basement of Hinterlands? I've never actually asked. No, Stuart. no, I just no. Sort of this assumed. is this is a uh, this is the office slash storage room in Charlene and oh, my okay. apartment. Uh, that's right. why you can see uh, boxes of board games in the background and uh, oh, and restaurant and quality. Shell, shelving basically <laughs> tortilla chips yep restaurant <laughs> tortilla chips oh man That's you would ba- bite you... into them and Not... you'd be like i can't buy this at the store i can only get these at restaurants i have to get this wholesale it's not delivery it's <laughs> yep it, it's, it's restaurant style <laughs> so uh, okay. so christopher you christopher uh, <laughs> 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 yes, yes, Grandma. Please refer to this me got, uh, this, in a This got very serious way. all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> what are your intentions towards my daughter? <laughs> so, you are hot off of ants. Yeah. What's next for uh, the... What's next? Yeah, what's, what's next for the brothers? Chris White. Uh, well, let me see. Then we, we kind of... Uh, oh, no, that, well, then, then uh, American Pie happened because... Um, uh, for some reason, we went in for a meeting to 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 direct. I mean, you guys um, probably wanted the job. Never... Yes, we we'd never done it before. We wanted to direct pretty much anything, and mm-hmm. and so uh, we we for some reason I think because we thought we wouldn't get the job because we never directed a thing. Um, uh, went in and and uh, and kind of pitched them on on how we would change the script. Um, uh, along with Adam Hurst, the writer, and and uh, you know the idea was to kind of make it a bit more female friendly. Although in retrospect, there are problematic elements about mm-hmm. American Pie as well. I'm actually now noticing a trail of uh, very questionable things in my career. <laughs> Woody Allen, um, I mean, cyber uh, cyber crime. Yeah, I mean it also means so. that with ants that you wrote something that you wrote for Sylvester Stallone too, right? That's true. Um, and I didn't get to meet Sylvester Stallone, but for a while I would read opposite all of the um, the, the characters because they didn't, of course, read you know t- together. So I read opposite J Lo, Gene Hackman, Woody Allen. I'm trying to remember who else. Oh, Sharon Stone. Um, yeah, so that was kind wow. of bananas as well. That's amazing. You know what? I today actually I tweeted about how like I am nearly 42 two years old. Congratulations! And, uh, you did it. Thank you. And in spite of, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's coming up soon, June nineteenth, everyone. Uh, just so you, just throwing it out there. It's all, that's, anyway, also June the, uh, that's also yeah, the nineteenth. That's what they're celebrating. It's Dan's birthday. That's also the, the four just year. Just to be on the same day. That's the four year anniversary of my bar hinterlands. Which birthday is more oh, wow. momentous? I don't know. Four years is a okay. big deal for a business. <laughs> but uh, I thought you were going to say it's the fourth anniversary of Dan's thirty eighth birthday. <laughs> I tweeted out today about how uh, I'm 42 years old, and uh, despite media telling me that this is a thing that men do, I have never masturbated by fucking any sort of food. Uh And then I thought to myself, (laughs) oh, uh, is my friend Chris going to see this and be distressed in some way that I am... And then I assume you're now under... Dan isn't jacking it the way he wants him to. (laughs) The siren song of food has called... Because I assume the next thought you had was, why haven't I done that? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh huh. <laughs> so maybe um, pie does feel like sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean the movies. The movie asked that question. You need to answer it, Dan. That's actually, if you yeah. check the IMDb goofs. Uh, sorry to bring this up, Chris. For American Pie, in the goofs, it says in actuality, uh, human vaginas and pies do not feel particularly similar. No, they're they're quite. Uh, unlike. <laughs> <laughs> I, think. I just wow. never found the right pie on the record. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, yeah, yeah. We just um, get, we just brought you here to trap you. <laughs> to finally admitting Actually, the, no. The, the only thing I'm thinking about as you recount that anecdote is how young you guys are. Like I'm 50 years old. I know, like, it's bizarre. I always used to be the youngest person in the room. Around the time that I was like that, I'm describing, uh-huh. I was super young. You know? Yeah, because you, like, you must have been what, like 30 at the time. I was 29 when I started directing. Wow. I turned 30. Wow. I think on on the set. 
um, which is so young. It's ridiculous. That's, that's uh, 30 under 30 material right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Just made it. Did you, did it feel, did it, did you feel like the older person on the set because the actors were so much younger? Like, was it? I, I did feel, uh, I did feel old relative to them because these guys were like uh, often in their first movie. Um, I mean, the great thing about, uh, making that was, was that the, the studio was also making, um, Babe Pig in the City and Meet Joe Black, all, which were costing them a lot of money and we cost nothing. And as a result, we were just kind of, a, they, they just kept, their eyes were on other balls, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we just got away with a lot. And we got relatively little critique as we went through through the uh, process, which was amazing. Amazing. And uh, the, the other experience I had, oh, sorry, go on. Well, I was just, just going to say, I mean, and despite uh, Babe Pig, Pig in the City being a tremendous movie, like both of those films did much, much worse. Uh, yeah, it was very strange. I like I, I, I certainly don't take any pride in that. I don't think it has anything uh, to do uh, with anything other than the kind of strange tastes of the uh, public. I mean, uh, I, I bet but, I mean, uh, Meet Joe Black had a, had its own had its own problems. Problems, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, its own thing. In fact, that was three hours long. Being <laughs> I think that's them. part. Of, they took a they took an hour and a half movie and remade it as a movie twice that length. Wasn't was it wasn't one of the big selling points of Meet Joe Black that when it premiered it had the trailer for the Phantom Menace before it? Yeah, it was. I think. Yeah. Oh, really? And Pete and like famously, people went watched like paid for a full ticket, watched the trailer, and then bounced. Yeah. And then left. Wow. Um, so the, so American so, Pie was a big hit. Like that was huge. Though it was crazy. Um, it was certainly unexpected. I'll say w- how I know that the studio didn't expect that at all is that uh, uh, somebody strolled in from the studio about halfway through shooting and said, great news, we just sold the foreign rights for $4 million, so like our downside is covered, <laughs> which I, it didn't mean anything to me, but, but uh, you know, it, it ended up making 100 and something uh, million foreign because they like a laugh too, you know. It's Everybody just likes a laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Although the Mitt, fact Mitt that Mitt Romney that... lives for laughter, I've, I've heard. <laughs> so that's like the, how old a um, soundbite is that? Is that is for that from twenty twelve? I 2012? don't know. I just I remember that from our days together at the Daily <laughs> yeah, Show. He lived so for laughter a long time ago. He lives. He lives for laughter. Yeah. My wow. my experiences with American Pie. I remember seeing it in the theater, probably in what high school or maybe right my freshman year. You guys probably had to sneak in. I was, in, oh, I was yeah. definitely in high school because everyone in my high school was talking about it. And through some twist of fate, my mom saw it before I did, and she was like, "You got to see this movie." She thought it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I remember that. She's, and she's, like, she's like, "You see Shannon Elizabeth's boobs? You've got to see it." And I was like, "Mom, <laughs> she's right, like, no. you're horny." And my, uh, you're a horny. Team. And I guess my my second thing was I remember bartending one afternoon, and uh, Eddie K. Thomas came in with a date and was not very uh, nice to me, <laughs> but that's okay. Really, I'm an asshole. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that's that. okay. It's fine. This was years ago. But <laughs> Chris I gotta, gets out I gotta, his phone, I gotta, starts this texting is, uh, him. This is the part of the podcast where we air out some dirty laundry. So, yeah, Dan, yeah. can you play Dirty Laundry by Don Henley for me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. soundboard cue. You know, I've jo- never Jordan had throw any bad experiences with any of the cast members. Uh, I've never met any of them, so I haven't had the opportunity. I've had the but, good experience uh, of watching Chris Klein in Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> Yeah, that was a great experience. Yes, that was another painful uh, episode for me. <laughs> I mean, he's great at the He's great. A tremendously uh, 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 a sounding performance. I don't know quite what's happening in it, but I love it. There's <laughs> a lot happening. It's a lot going on. It, it reminds me of. Uh, uh, it reminds me of we. You know, we just did our live show this past weekend about Howard the Duck. Tim Robbins' performance in that, where it's like. You kind of get the feeling he was like, nobody cares about what I'm doing. I'm just going to go crazy. Plum <laughs> yeah. loco. So, uh, so, I, but you you did a you did a movie with a bunch of younger actors. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you do you keep in touch with anyone? Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, some of um, them have had very huge careers. Yes, uh, we actually we're, we're you know we we are. Uh, Co- co-producing a movie with Nat- Natasha Leone um, has a new uh, production company. Oh, wow. And we were doing something with her. Uh, so I, I see her uh, around once in a while. She's she's great. I mean, I, I still think of them as like kids. I saw Sean, Sean Scott a little while ago. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I met them all at a really like amazing time in their lives when every, everything was about to happen, which actually, this is maybe the segue to leap past a lot of just dross and get to Twilight mm-hmm. mm, Saga, sure. New Moon, because uh, let's talk about our paths. Let's talk about Case Do. <laughs> oh boy, okay. This is when the real Dirty Laundry comes out. Tay Lau. So Dan, play uh, uh, Dirty Laundry again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, Dan, how just, you think we're going to afford the post. music yep. cue for that, but okay. I was actually thinking about uh, the other day about, about uh, uh, making that movie, and um, and the, the utter shock I had when I think we were... I th- yeah, I think we were all flying to to shoot at the sa- around the same time. There's something where we all had to fly out of LAX at the same time. Uh, Case two, our mm-hmm. paths, Tay Lau, myself, <laughs> bodyguards for Case two and our paths, and um, and 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 the paparazzi were chasing them and and us because I was in the same you know whatever SUV, like chasing them down down the street like what you know vans, cars, everything like I've never seen anything like it. It was astounding and it was genuinely frightening. Was it like a, to see like what it was it like the beginning of Hard Day's Night and you guys were laughing and just like pulling <laughs> pranks you know fake beards and things like that uh totally just like that um uh girls screaming running after Mm -hmm. me no it was it was creeps it was it was paparazzi just the worst form of of life um uh and and i i thought like this this is not good this cannot be good for for a person uh, one way or the other, this bizarre exposure to to a strange kind of, and they knew on some level, you know, uh, that, that you know, like Rob and, and Kristen like have done really great stuff since, but I, they knew on some level that what was happening to them was bore no relation to who they actually were or what they were doing, or frankly, you know, the the sort of import, the real import of what they were doing. So it was equally grotesque and bizarre. And then if they said that they didn't want it or that, you know, they, they wish things were otherwise, they would get sort of excoriated. Mm-hmm. But I, but it did seem like a really unpleasant way to, to live. I, I remember when uh, Kristen Stewart was on The Daily Show when I worked there as a guest and just like mm-hmm. leaving one night and the the guest entrance, I don't know how, I guess they, they would announce the schedule ahead of time sometimes, but it was just like, the guest entrance was swarmed with this huge crowd of people who were only there to get her to like sign things that they could sell mm-hmm. them. And I remember, and I remember leaving late that night. And as I was leaving, like turning back because there was a huge SUV parked outside the front door, which was very nondescript. The door the staff used, like mm-hmm. we would not even know the Daily Show was located there. I guess if there wasn't a huge sign above it that said that had John that said, uh, like, for, if you're looking for Larry Flint's Hustler Club, go around the corner. But uh, which this was for many years the billboard that was right up was was John pointing in that direction. But uh, the and seeing like that like her very like sadly like leaving the front door and getting into that car that like she had to wait for a long time and then use the other entrance just to like just so that she wouldn't mm-hmm. be you know mobbed and destroyed and she just seemed so incredibly like sad and lonely it was terrible anyway I mean, mm-hmm. yeah no, that's when i reached out my hand like... to her and we had kind of like a roman holiday style you know oh, just wow, like wild wow. night on the town wow was that when you guys had your your thing yeah, if by thing you mean lawsuit yes but, <laughs> but no it was just like i mean it was one of those moments where i was like you know because i like i like the spotlight to a certain extent but one of those moments where it was like oh i'm so glad that i'm like a nobody in this moment mm-hmm. you know What's that like? I uh, this is gonna sound. This is gonna seem so absurd coming uh-huh. on the heels of uh, superstar Kristen Stewart off of superstar uh, series uh, Twilight. But you know, like uh, obviously, podcast uh, <laughs> fame is the smallest fucking slice of fame one could ever have. But it is very strange. Like, like, like you get like a taste of having people know who you are when you do like a live show or something. Right. And like you go and do these things and don't get me wrong listeners. I really appreciate that people care about what we do and I love talking to people, but it is very strange to have people excited to see you because you're like, wait a minute. I know I'm me. Like, so why do you care about that? I'm not even excited to see me. (laughs) I know how I am. This is not worth it. Like, and to imagine that, like, times a billion, like, it must be the loneliest life to to lead to go through that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I, I think it must be very strange. Actually, what you're saying reminded me of when I uh, when I write a character and anyone has any genuine emotional response to, to that character, and I just think well, this no, this is some bullshit that I. <laughs> I know it's wrong. To think I think that. that's. I think that's. I remember I was I was sitting in in my underwear and I typed this. I don't. I think that's the you? secret behind like. George Lucas and J.K. Rowling and stuff like that is that people are like, uh, but what about it. this tiny detail? And they're like, I don't know, I just made it up someday, and then I don't care, I don't think about that stuff. Like, and of course, J.K. Rowling is dedicated to bit by bit destroying everything that she's built. But uh, uh-huh. whereas George Lucas <laughs> tried to yeah. as as much as he could and just could not accomplish it. But I think it was I think it was when J.K. Rowling started talking about that was it a real thing when she talked about her, how her wizards would poop in their pants and then magic away the poop i think was that, that was an assistant was i think it was an assistant but it you know i think it tracks like if you look at the novels I, there's nothing in there that says they don't shit their pants and then magic they never, away are there any scenes now, of harry it? going to the bathroom i don't think so well he goes to uh, moaning mil, uh, moaning myrtle like right oh yeah that's right there's a yeah, ghost why? in the bathroom why did she live in the toilet? Anyway, um, that's where she died. She Dan. died there, dude. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Have some respect for a here's ghost. The, like, <laughs> here's the. Did she say whether they she the wizards would poop in their pants? Well, where's they pooping, like, Dan? Just out like, a window. Poop. Well, I thought it was just like wherever they were. So like, yeah, in like in a tomb. I don't. Um, <laughs> do they just I don't go remember the, the controversy? But was this all to to prevent people having the image of wizards sitting? Sitting on a toilet, like was it? I think that was too undignified, you know, so they had to magic away yeah. their poop. It was. Let's not talk I, about. I think she was her. talking about a day uh, uh, in. It was just about days of old when knights were bold and toilets hadn't been invented. You know, <laughs> yeah. when people just well, dropped their loads by roads and they were quite contented. But wizards, of course, would magic it away. Yeah, she said some tremendously terrible things. So let's not even bother making fun of her. Okay, so <laughs> the Twilight New Moon. You've shot it what in Portland? Uh, no, Vancouver. Uh, yeah, Canadian uh, Portland. Uh, oddly. Though after a visit to Portland to see the uh, original um, uh, locations, so that we could copy them, um, kind of brick by brick, basically. So we, we rebuilt a facade of Bella's house because uh, everything is watched very closely by the Twihards, um, and and you will know if you have made a mistake, uh-huh. you you will be called out um, before before actually the, the movie comes out because they'll see pictures from from on set. So there's a huge controversy. Um, when uh, Edward's uh, SUV was uh, brown and not whatever color it was supposed to be before that. But that was the deal that we got from Volvo, man. (laughs) Now, I've seen, I think, the first three of these movies. Maybe maybe just the first two. Um, Is... That's Twilight, Twilight New Moon and Twilight The Search for Spock. Mm-hmm. I apologize, Chris, for not remembering witches and which. Is the baseball scene? No, there, in... there are no witches at all. Is there? A, is there <laughs> You're thinking a... True oh, well, Blood season Dan. two, Dan. Which one has the baseball in it? Is that was that uh, yours? That would or... be the no. That would be the, first, the first one. one. I, I okay. could not, for the life of me, think of how to shoot that. Well, uh, that's what scene. I was about to wonder. Like I was about to ask. Like when you get a, a, a source material with, that has, let's say. Difficult, difficult, yes, to <laughs> visualize elements like sparkly yeah. v- vampires. What do you mm-hmm. do in, in those situations? I think the only way that you can actually survive is to is to um, take it all quite seriously. So I do remember yeah. saying something like, "So we're going to really we're going to revamp." <laughs> no, I didn't say it that way. Actually, that would have been great. Winked. <laughs> <laughs> and then you winked. With a gleam we're going to we're going to try and do it for the for the sparkle oh on the vampires. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it was to, to to take it all quite seriously. Well, I, I think I told you guys the, the the story about how I I didn't want Taylor Swift to be in the movie because um, it would throw people too much from the reality of of the movie. They would say um, two Taylors in and, one movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> impossible. What is this fiddler on the roof? Um, There's only one Taylor. Still, what is this Tinker um, Taylor so, Taylor you know, Spy? T- take it very seriously, like you know. Tinker <laughs> Taylor Taylor Spy. We're out of soldiers. Can I throw in an extra Taylor? Well, it's not really the same thing. Please, my boss is going to fire me if I don't close this okay, account. What if I give you three Taylors? Look, everyone knows that, that, that it's Colin back. Firth who did it anyway. So just take this extra Taylor. Uh, so sorry, but you're saying. Uh, so what, what was Taylor, oh, no, you know, was Taylor like, Swift? Very seriously going into the designing of the Volturi um, 
you know, uh, palace uh-huh. uh, thing. Uh, you know, but like you got to take it uh, uh, everything with with dead seriousness. But- which actually is also, like, it would have been lame to be sort of ironic about the way that I was making it. Actually, at the time, I remember thinking, like, this is going to be, you know, like, the, the first one was kind of poppy and, and cool and fun. And this was going to be sort of widescreen, sort of lush uh, uh, presentation. For, for it's going to be yeah. Empire Strikes Back to the first one, Star Wars. Where you can, like, deepen yes. it and, like, make it, like, a little more sophisticated. And, and, and Michael Sheen was in this one, right? Michael Sheen was, and, I, and he was so much I fun. I feel like he's, like, the perfect guy for that kind of thing. Because he, man, he's, oh, I love that guy. I mean, we he just did. go for it. Do he, little. He, was, he came out he, on he, like, he He really just, uh, he, he enjoyed himself, but without kind of um, being, like, one of the, the uh, sort of British guys that you hire who are just kind of chewing the scenery and, and uh, winking at the audience at the same time. He, he, was, he was deeply into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he said he was basing his, his character on the blue meanies from Yellow Submarine. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And then Dakota Fanning, um, lovely Dakota yeah. Fanning, uh, was a huge uh, uh, twihard. And so we, she was able, we were able to get her to be in this movie. And it's like a relatively small part, but, you know, she has like five lines, but is amazing yeah. and kind of uh, uh, creepy. Actually, she, I, I, it's, there's a lot I don't remember from the movie. I remember her very well from it, even though it was not a huge Why, why is that? Just because it's, it's been a while, and, you know, I've seen the... It's been I've a just while. Seen the, I've seen the other movies in the series so many times, but I've only seen that one the one time. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, is it like the scene in Twilight 4 when they're fighting mm-hmm. over that lava pit? No, 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 that's... that's what about the scene where she, he's climbing the Empire yeah. State Building and he's got Bella in his hand? No, no, wait, hold on, that's 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 King Kong. Hold, mm-hmm. uh, what about, is it... Yeah, is I, it I, I, I think I heard you say... The, the best thing to say was that you didn't want to see it again after your first experience in the cinema because nothing yeah. would be Oh, I was. I know home viewing, it was just not going to match up to that same experience yeah. of being yeah. there and the way the it was meant to be. the energy of the crowd, you know? The energy yeah. of the crowd in the theater. Oh, yeah. It's just, it was just a, it was just such a beautiful experience. I was like, I don't think my system can handle it a second time. So you're saying you forgot all about it, and uh, what can I remind well, you of? Well, I remember, so was it in the novel that the werewolves don't like to wear shirts when they're people? It's a good question. Yes, uh, I, I think that's right. I think so. Um, it wasn't just because I like seeing cute boys <laughs> with no shirts on. I mean, that's but, fair. Uh, no, it's because, <laughs> it's because they, run, they, they run super hot. They're feverish, right, all the time. Mm-hmm. They run like 106 feet yeah. at all times. That's that makes sense. Obviously. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, sense. it must They're be. They're hot-blooded. Check it and see. That, like you're saying, you're taking it really seriously, and it feels like that That sounds like the best way to have fun with a project like that probably is to take it seriously and to really, like, get into the details of it and want it want it to be as cool as you can make it. I think I wanted it to to, to be as as good for the fans as I could make it as much of a fan uh, pleasing experience but actually I also remember being deeply depressed the whole time <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no but, sorry to bring you back but there. that for, for a while that it used to be that way so uh, American Pie I was super happy while I was making it it was just the best thing and I was like oh this is for me this is like a filmmaker's life for me um uh and then uh every movie afterwards just I, I just kind of realized how much i could screw up or how how things could go wrong and how often you were foiled doing it and trying to do what you want to do uh and so it became this incredibly stressful experience and i usually fall into a depression at some point during the during the process do you think- well that's what i wanted to ask I, oh sorry yeah, Ellie, do you want to no, you go ahead I'll, I'll save my question well i wanted to ask uh you know like uh, not to uh I don't want to make you uh, 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 feel any worse, oh Chris. But is, like this, any... is this really if anything that needs this many mea culpas ahead of time? I don't know. No, no, no. This like, doesn't sound good. Like anyone I know like, who's but, been but, uh, in show But how do you sleep at night? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sir, how dare you? <laughs> uh, basically, anyone I know who's been in show business for a long time uh, seems very, very weary all the time. <laughs> and I was just wondering uh, what you thought was the most sort of pleasant and uh like personally rewarding experience whether or not it was uh i, I you know regardless yeah. of of product um well i think I, as as a as a part of filmmaking i think editing is 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 my joy i, I love it um it's like it's like video games and puzzles and 
um, watching movies and, uh, you know, finding little Easter eggs uh, all the time. And that, that's really great. Um, you know, specifically, I guess making American Pie is, is hard to beat uh, in terms of just how much fun it was from beginning to end because not knowing um, all the things that could go wrong or, uh, you know, not knowing, not having any expectations whatsoever. Um, and then, uh, you know, about a boy, I think uh, uh, the final result was really sort of uh, uh, delightful. And, and the way that people received it, that was the super gratifying uh, yeah. Well, that's, I was going to ask before, you've made kind of like big budget, kind of big scope movies, and you've made smaller kind of human sized movies. And I wondered if mm. you felt more comfortable with, with the one or the other, with the, with the human sized ones or with the ones where you get to do whatever you want, or not whatever you want. Cause you're yeah, I think, I think I've, I think I've figured it out now, which is, um, my ideal movie to direct now would be two people sitting at a table talking. <laughs> like I don't want, I realized that the reason that I'm not particularly good at directing action is that I don't really like it. I mean, I get it. It's fine. But, um, you know, like the, uh, the last movie I made operation finale, I had a couple of car chases in it and I was like, I, Okay, well, are they going to catch them or they won't? And so why don't we get to the part where they yeah, do or they yeah. don't catch them rather than having to do all the stuff where, you know, cars are doing uh, unlikely things. Um, and so, yeah, I like the I – like, now I think I really like the small ones. Uh, and the problem with directing the really huge ones is you think you've got all of these amazing – you do have uh, incredible resources at your disposal, but the stress level is so high because having spent so much money on these things, uh, the studio is freaking out constantly – um, and, uh, you know, quite reasonably expecting you to make a movie that will pay back at least part of their investment. Um, so that that's super stressful. So I, I think I think little movies are, are, are the way to go these days. And, and I was going to ask with having worked on Twilight New Moon, even though it was a, kind of a different role, you then went on to work on uh, Star Wars Rogue One. Did any of your experiences mm. working in an existing like universe or an existing like uh, novel inform how you approached uh working on a star wars movie i mean that was a bit different just because i you know i i from age seven i was completely all about star mm -hmm. wars uh, all the time although it was only really the original trilogy um not you know so i was like i feel like ultra orthodox okay um, <laughs> you, you weren't you weren't pitching on that sebulba spinoff uh <laughs> The bulb. Um, that's about. Um, that's about when he was a detective. Like, a, like a, what a Grand Admiral Thrawn origin picture or something. Um, nope. Wanted no part of it. Um, you know, I, I knew what I like. So actually, really, there, there, I kind of knew I, I was the choir that I was preaching to. So, so that was kind of great. You know, I, I think um, uh, like that's as close as I've ever. Uh, into making a fan a fan film right it was like it was fan film, yeah. although yeah not slash fic but you know but um, well and I, I don't know <laughs> no i can imagine that being fun because like i remember there was a time that i wrote a, a simpsons spec script and it was like mm -hmm. at, like you know at that point the simpsons had already been on the air for like 16 17 years or whatever mm -hmm. and i was like this is the worst thing to write a spec script for because no one's gonna care no one's gonna look at this and be like yeah that's the hip new show that you're writing a spec script <laughs> yeah. but like it was also just so much more enjoyable because i'm like okay this is a thing that i grew up with and i like yeah. feel like i know who these people are absolutely i mean yeah that that was i actually i should say in terms of, of sort of peak experiences just getting to uh work on that was was up there because it was what I felt like I'd sort of been heading toward my whole life, uh, really. And I just like that. And, and one of the most uh, intense experiences uh, in Hollywood for me was to go to that first uh, meeting where I knew that, that there was a possibility I could write a Star Wars movie, not knowing what it was going to be because everything is like super yeah. top secret or whatever. Um, and then finding out it was going to be for, you know, the story of the, the opening crawl. It was like, this is sort of uh, full full circle like weird <laughs> yeah. parallel universe experience that was cool 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 <laughs> okay well, that's all right okay well that's the way stewart ends his interview <laughs> cool yeah, yeah. Cool. cool and then takes a drink yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> so chris uh you want to ask us anything <laughs> Well, now, now, now you ready. get your questions. Well, that way, this is now we have to do the thing where it goes. We go. What's next for Chris Weitz? 
<laughs> um, gosh, uh, putting children to bed, uh, <laughs> which involves a lot of shouting somehow. I get it. And so many telling people the same thing over and over again. It's just fucking. Oh, well, half half my day is me going, Sammy, brush your teeth, 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 brush your. And he's like, Daddy, let me tell you about brush your teeth. Let me tell you about this thing. Brush your teeth. Do you think a snake could beat an owl in a fight? Brush your teeth. Like that's the and that we did do research but that on that. But that sounds like yeah, fun. It turns, At least he's saying something. It turns out that the snake and the owl, it depends on the snake, it depends on the owl. Really. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely if you go by the Mexican flag, right? There's a, there's a, a an eagle kicking the shit out of an out of a snake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, I think um, so I'd but, imagine that another raptor would be able to handle it. But in the, it. the colonial flag before Mexican independence shows the eagle paying off the snake. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> to throw the flag. Oh, it's all kayfabe. Yeah, yeah, it's all flag. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all yeah, the snake is the is the snake. Actually, the thing is the snake is the baby face and the eagle is the heel and it's all being set up so that you're like, "Snake, come on, snake, win it back." But they never made the next flag. So, I guess we never I mean, choose. he doesn't even have arms and legs and wings and shit. Like, that's unfair. You got to root for him. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. He's the underdog. Well, here's the thing: is like, do, do I have questions for you? It's like this weird experience of the fact that you have, I have heard you speak more than you will probably ever hear me speak, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, because we've had our conversations together, but but I've heard hundreds of like, hundreds of hours yeah. of you guys talking to each other. Like, I, I know everything I need to know. You know, <laughs> I've been meaning to talk mm, to you about mm, that, Chris. Mm. If you could just tape yourself and email it to me, that would be <laughs> just talking and just, talking. A little, just to work out these payback. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So um, let's say the Flophouse movie is getting made. You're gonna meet with us. Yep. What's your What's your take? What What's how, What's your angle on it? Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I'd say. Um, I'd probably say we we know we know about the the podcast. Mm-hmm. What about the podcasters? Um, what What do they do uh, in their lives outside of? The, the podcast and how it'd be kind of a Shakespeare in love maybe kind of thing cool. and and like maybe uh, it would be about an episode but but uh, how uh, your your kind of action packed lives outside of it influence uh, the way that that episode goes mm. like maybe we do a little sort of like a, a weird sort of narrative jumping uh, back and forth like I was just watching this movie Assassin by uh, what is it it's a Jap- Japanese film uh, by Shinoda uh or like, yes, yeah, some kind of like Japanese samurai film where they're like talking about the first time they met somebody and then you flash back to that. Yeah, I think I'd like that. Or maybe an origin story, actually. Oh, wow. Maybe how you three guys met. Be like a rise of, yeah. one of those rise ofs. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. I was hoping he was go- uh, that you were going to say, Chris, that Dan inherits an old movie theater and we all have to go <laughs> live in <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the sitcom page. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> well, I mean, the real great one is, like, it has always been uh, where I um, sort of play this kind of, this long con and, and like, you know, befriend you guys and eventually take my terrible revenge. <laughs> yeah. um, um, uh, you know, I've, I've joked about this before, but that even that is part of the long con. It's just, to you know, to really sort of uh-huh. get you guys to trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you did uh, eight years ago, nine years ago. <laughs> I know what you did on that podcast, and so does everybody yeah. else. I know the thing that you did that did not harm my my career at all, because who gives a shit about these three assholes? It's a long title, um, but, you know, my, okay. Uh, my, my, my filthy take on I know you did was always... I blew who you did last summer. <laughs> I don't know why. And, and that was like a joke that I told myself. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem is with Twitter, the jokes that I tell myself are now the jokes I tell everyone. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Danger, that is, yeah, that is a yeah. problem. <laughs> Although, Dan... I- Actually, which reminds me that, that uh, I, I saw a picture of the... Um, of the Yoda statue outside of uh, Lucasfilm in the Presidio with the uh, with the words um, "Matter Black Lives Do" written in green, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spray painted in green underneath it. And my first thought was, "Where were you when I needed you, you green fuck?" <laughs> because when I was when I was uh, you know calling out the Empire for white supremacy, um, uh, I was uh, getting all kinds of, of hate hate tweets oh, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. emails and stuff. 
Where was Yoda? Yeah, I, I like that. I like that graffiti because it's they use uh, that Yoda used green, so you know for sure it's Yoda. That's the only indicator. <laughs> yeah, right, it's reassuring. It's the only color you can see. Actually. <laughs> oh wow, that's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> well, that's why he's on Dagobah. It's like very green. yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. He's big on brand. No wonder he was hitting R two D two with his stick so much. He couldn't see him. He's just trying to figure mm-hmm. out where that guy was. Oh guys. I think we're uh, winding down, and I'm getting really hot in this unair conditioned Dan's room. tired. We have, we went through mm, a, a chunk of Chris's career. Uh, we start I we mean, started a new celebrity I, feud. Chris versus Yoda. I will <laughs> I will have I will have Chris White's back on the show anytime he wants to come back. I just uh, you know, gentlemen, it's been an honor. Uh, thank you so much for being with us and let us, <laughs> letting us needle you about your career while learning great things about your career. Uh, Before and, it's great. Uh, I think I may have missed bath time, which would be the best. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of why I scheduled the podcast when I did is because I was trying to skip yeah. bath time. <laughs> yeah, but it's your bath, Stuart. <laughs> I know, but I don't like baths. You're it. like, oh, sorry, I missed bath time. I guess it's stinky stew in bed again tonight. Uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, we should mention again that we just posted our uh, our live show on YouTube, uh, and that's a live show that is for charity where we talk about Howard the Duck. And I think as of the day that this releases, we're still accepting uh, receipts of donations of twenty dollars or more. You can go to flophousepodcast.com to find out information about that. Um, we've already received an overwhelming amount of, uh, donations, which is amazing. I'm kind of blown away. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Uh, yeah, we've had over 900 emails sent to us with, uh, proof of donation. And each of those is a, uh, minimum $20 donation because they're raffle entries. So, uh, you can do the math, but that's the minimum of what we've made. And, um, I mean, eventually we will, not that, uh, not what we've made. We're going to. It's in donations. Well, yes, yes. None of that for money made for cha- <laughs> made for no, charity. No, I, I want everyone to be clear. The money did not yes. go to us. It is for charity. Well, I don't know how it could have, Elliot, because we were sending people directly to charities. But sure, let's make it clear. But the yes. charity we were this sending them to charity. was the Flophouse Institute for Special <laughs> Charity all, Studies. All for charity, uh, and uh, uh, we uh, donated uh, 10k ourselves to charity. We're so. Uh, proud of all of the listeners who donated we're so glad that they were uh able to do so yes we uh for the raffle we will be accepting um uh uh, proof of donation uh the day that this drops still that will be the last day that we'll be accepting it for the raffle but you know for your own karma for your own (laughs) beliefs uh to help people uh you can donate whenever you like there are other (laughs) reasons to to donate besides to just win flophouse merchandise as strange as that sounds so please keep doing it (laughs) uh but thank you yes Stuart. if you go to the flophouse uh youtube page which is youtube.com slash c slash the flophouse podcast or you can just yeah dan are you leaving Uh, the door are you leaving the door open for people to send you uh receipts of donations and in exchange you'll send them nudes because I think there's an audience for it. It's not just me. I think there's other people that be into that. Not just you. Thank you. Uh, we can talk off air. About uh, by that. the way, Dan, um, I am not in the market for that. So please don't. Okay. Please don't accept any receipts. <laughs> you from have me. increased the. I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna say I was gonna increase the. You were increasing the likelihood of me sending you nude, but I don't even want to <laughs> no, joke please about do not non-consensual do nude sending. So. Um, yeah, no, thank you all. Yes, thank you all for your amazing generosity. Uh, and that show is up to watch whenever you might want to. It is much longer than we intended, so it's better to watch it now. Story of the podcast. The fact when you can stop it and go do other stuff in the middle. Maybe uh, skip the third or fourth time we talk about whether ducks can have boobs or not. Uh, yeah. And so, Chris, do you have anything okay. that you'd like to either plug or increase awareness of? before we go uh no i mean i I certainly don't have anything to plug and i think that people are aware of what they should be aware of exactly right now so i don't think anything i could add would actually i mean i i'm gonna you know i keep on thinking my my next tweet is really gonna push uh uh civil rights over the top (laughs) in this country so many times especially during the quarantine i've had to be like hey 
Pay attention to your children. There's no way that the tweet you are working on right now is going to get Trump removed from <laughs> office or end racism. So you might as well do something else. And I'm like, you're right, brain. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You can try to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh, we love you all. Uh, be safe. Uh, do good in the world. Uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin, thanking our very special guest, who is... Chris Weitz. Thank you, guys. Thank you all out there in uh, Flophouse land, <laughs> all the flops at sea. <laughs> Good night, everyone, if you're like Chris and are listening to us as you go to sleep. Shh. Bye. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned Audience supported.